Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. It's your host Jaffa and once again I'm joined by Daud. Hello. Ali. Hi. Qudama. Hey. Hi everyone. How's everyone doing lads? Weird. Weird. <laughs> what do you mean? It was a very was enthusiastic a smooth, hey. Smooth criminal hey. <laughs> hey man, Newcastle on points on the board again. What's not to be enthusiastic about? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Fair enough. Kick things off with the trivia question of the week. Congratulations to Daud for getting the question right last week. Even though I had to award him the point on a technicality, they didn't get the full City, uh, Steel City Derby name right. This one I think is a bit tricky, but I'm hoping one of you guys remembers this far back. Are you just like on a mission to balls, you know, like expose how little knowledge we nah, have? Nah, okay. I feel like this one should be known. All right. So You well, said that about all of them, but okay. Let's yeah. Cast your mind back to World Cup 2010, South Africa, right. Waka Waka, all that stuff. Spain won it, but they lost one game during the tournament. Paraguay. Who did they lose to? It wasn't Paraguay. Was it Austria? It was not Austria. Switzerland. 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 Oh, oh, man. I knew it was either Austria or Switzerland. The boy's back yet I again. Think, I think you've been by like a minuscule of a second there. Like, because you both uh, said Switzerland almost. The I same wanted time. to say Switzerland first, but I knew it was a. I knew it was uh, one of the Bavarian Alps countries. Yeah. But, um, Alps. Alps. Yeah. I couldn't. I just forgot. But I knew. Yeah, I remember the goal. It was a header right from a corner. I can't remember the goal, but I know who scored it. it was Jelson Fernandez, who used yeah. to play for Man City before I, I, the. I think it was a bankroll to success. I'll have to check after the game. But I think it was a set piece. I remember that game quite. That World I don't Cup. know why I said Paraguay though. I don't know Paraguay. why Paraguay stood out for it's me the for some reason. Red kits. I feel like if I didn't say I Austria, though, guys, I think they had a quite a, a presence yeah. at the 2010 World Cup. <laughs> I feel like I should get an assist for that because if I didn't say Austria, he wasn't getting. Switzerland. It's all right. Give me all the glory. That's all, all right. I need. Nah. Ali gets the point. 2010 is burned into my mind, man. Like. I'll, I'll be honest. Into the I know we're not going to spend too much time on this, but it was one of my least favorite World Cups I've ever watched. Oh, the uh, really? Vuzelas. Yeah. Not just the Vuzelas. I feel like the matches weren't. Yeah, man, it's dead. I thought it started off great and then it really veered off. Mm. There was loads of build-up of like, oh, it's going to be high. Shout out to the Javelani ball in Diego Forlan, though. That's yeah. what, that, that was just a, yeah. like, yeah. he made that World Cup. Van Bronckhorst, <laughs> if anyone remembers that. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Shabalala. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can never get it right. Shabalala. What is it? Chabalala, yeah. I thought it was more than, than that. No, no. Oh, right. No, it's just the Alana. Maybe, maybe I saw memes of it. And then I was, because, you know, they were like celebrating and they just kept it going. Maybe. Yeah, that'll be, it'll be the memes. Yeah. yeah but, iconic dance, man. That was a good World Cup, man. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a class goal as well. I was actually really, I, I was feeling it for South Africa. One of the last true World Cups now that they're introducing the biennial World Cup idea. Nah, that, that'll be canned quickly, I think. Nah, but we'll, we'll fast forward to the modern day. And we'll get into one of the key matches of the weekend in the Premier League. Tottenham against Chelsea at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 3-0 to Chelsea, which sounds like a comprehensive scoreline. Uh, haven't watched the match. I feel like it was uh, a second-half adjustment by Tuchel by putting on uh, Angolo Kante. That caused him to, to win the game. But, Kudem, uh, I want to get your overall impressions. Like, um, you know, obviously Chelsea, comfortable wins in the end. But was it a comfortable win? Uh, it was, after, like you said, after half-time when Thomas Tuchel saw what was going wrong in the first half. He brings on N'Golo Kante for a struggling Mason Mount and the game just changes instantly. I mean, it always will when you have that kind of quality on the bench. I mean, it's kind of a cheat code bringing on N'Golo Kante as a substitute when he's got nine lungs and everyone's already kind of gassed. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Nuno just didn't know how to respond to that and, you know, sticking Harry Kane on the left wing, everyone confused as to why that was. Left and wing. He was yeah. playing more like a midfielder, wasn't he? I kind don't know of. if you... Yeah, yeah he was, was on the weird. wing for, in, the, in the start and then he kept dropping deep because he was frustrated. You yeah. could tell he and was the, really frustrated. I mean, their game plan clearly was to press them high up the pitch as soon as the game kicked off. 
and try to get a goal from that and then go from there. But Chelsea being Chelsea are just so defensively solid, haven't conceded, uh, I think, f- how many goals since uh, Tuchel's come in? Something ridiculous. They've got like, more clean sheets than goals. Yeah. That's what I remember. Goals conceded, goals, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Exactly. So, I think Mendy, yeah, Mendy's got more clean sheets than goals conceded. Brings on Kante. Two pretty lucky goals, I would say, at the start. Like a set piece and then a massive deflection. But once they were in the lead, yeah. that was it. Yeah, I mean, one thing I was sort of surprised by, because everyone thinks of Nuno as a sort of a Mourinho-type defensive first coach, but they came out the blocks Did, firing with their pressing, didn't they? I, I, th- I always um, synonymized Wolves with proper attacking football, wing no, play. Yeah. Did you watch Wolves under Nuno? They were, they yeah. were good, they were yeah. solid, they, they but were they, were really mostly, they were mostly a bit of a slow-paced team. Like, yeah, definitely it was, not. It was a back exactly. five they played as well most the of the time. The back five, yeah. yeah. When they used to go fo- uh, up, like forward, like they were really good. I think it's just like, that Adama that provides their intensity. I, I like, don't the rest of the shape has always been very stable, very slow. I don't think I, I don't think you can say it's like Mourinho-esque. I don't know. It's it's a closer the, parallel to Mourinho than it is a Klopp, for example, though. Yeah. If you think of it. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I still feel like it's still too far away from what Mourinho is to say it is. But I think now... Uh, Mourinho is a typecast manager in terms of the defensive solidity first. And I was alluding to Nuno being a little bit similar to that. And certainly the way he started with Tottenham, you got those three wins. All of them were nil, I believe. Nothing, you know, he hasn't... I don't oh, think Tottenham have scored yeah. a bucket full of goals yet. They've so. scored one no. goal from open play this yeah, season. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I think but I think it's a fair comparison gets. to make. But that, the way okay. they started the game against Chelsea specifically is what I want to ask but you about. But the other now. thing then, uh, to add to it, uh, and I don't know if it's a caveat, a big game Mourinho was completely different to... Normal game Mourinho's. Don't get too hung up on the Mourinho. Okay, Mourinho yeah, comparison. sorry. I was just how saying. the heck is Mourinho bigger in this conversation? <laughs> I, never I think it's important. I think it's important no, it's because... I, I was just asking you because haven't watched the game. Were you surprised by Tottenham's intensity to start it? Like, I didn't expect that at all. In terms of the way they press Chelsea. They're playing at home. They have to. It's a, it's a derby. Yeah, fair enough. But I don't think even Chelsea expected that though. Do you know what I mean? Are you being serious? Yeah, because... Tuchel didn't the... expect that. No, he didn't he, expect him to he, be that. He pressing. came out in the at the beginning. He said, "Oh, we might be playing three in the back. We might be but playing four in the back. We might be playing eight in the back." No, and but two, I think, uh, I think the formation. Did you hear that? No, no. He, he, think he, about it though. The formation that Tuchel lined up with at the start of the game indicates that he was kind of blindsided by it by playing only two midfielders, and then when they started, you know, ceding possession all the time to Spurs, he thought, "Yeah, well, I need you know N'Golo Kante on someone to." But break it didn't change the, the formation. He did. He brought in an extra midfielder. And then it started going from. You change your attack midfielder to a box box midfielder. Uh, yeah, yeah, but no, like but they, they, they swap they swap positions. Oh, it, I no, I no. didn't think it was a change in midfield. It was absolutely a change. Well, they went from was it, was it a change of tactics? I thought they still played the same wing back utilization with no, two. They two went from holding. midfield two to a midfield three. Yeah, I mean, when you say the wing backs were still there because Marcus Alonso was having loads of joy down the left, but uh, yeah, there were sort of changes when when the Kante comes on. It's not a like for like replacement with Mount, is it? No, it's not. I agree. No, because they went from Mount and Kovacic to. Uh, Jorginho Kante and Kovacic. So, yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. Although, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Kante play in a more of an advanced role. It, it, it works sometimes. It's not always. It, you know, a good tactician will will utilize that perfectly well. He's just everywhere, isn't he? Like, yeah, that's, and that's the thing. He he's picking up the ball a lot further up now instead of it, uh, you know, further deep in the last month. Speaking tackle. of a player that sort of, uh, he's he's not really sticking to position at the moment. I want to talk about Harry Kane, Ali. So, you know, famous transfer saga over the summer. <laughs> Move didn't end up getting done in the end. And it was. A t- I feel like it's a tale of two number nines at the moment. You had uh, Lukaku, who's sort of... Chelsea are building the team around him. Yes, he didn't score in his game because he had a great start to the season. Harry Kane, not so much. Are you, are you worried about Harry Kane's performances? Do you think he's not motivated to play Tottenham anymore? Or is this just 
first couple of games, you know, dust off the cobwebs and he'll be back to normal soon. It's a bit of everything uh, with the Euros. Uh, we took a lot out of them. Many come back from that. The whole Man City saga. And then his heart's not really at it at Tottenham, let's be honest. So he doesn't want to be there. But he says he wants to be professional at the same time. So he's trying to make the best out of the situation he's in right now. Can you see him still having his usual sort of 20 goals a season, Mark? Mm, nah. Um, actually, over the season, yeah. If it's in, over, in the league, league goals. In the league. Nah, in the nah, league. Nah, I, I don't see it. Hmm. Oh, okay, interesting. Do you, do you think it's because it's going to be shared more evenly throughout the team, though? How many other goal scorers they got besides Son, though? Yeah, not many. They rely on Kane for sure. Yeah, yeah. To You're create right. and to score, really. It's surprising because um, Jimenez, uh, I felt thrived under. No, no. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, but that's a. It, but they don't have the same type of team to to bring yeah. on to to utilize him, and I don't know if Kane would suit that. But at the same time. I, I, you don't know because I feel like in those situations where the goals that uh, Jimenez scored, Kane would bury them in a heartbeat. Like you'd you'd die for those type uh, of uh, opportunities with this team. He's got he's getting nothing. I mean, he's he's trying to orchestrate them himself. Exactly, but I think there's there's also a responsibility on Kane to play your position. Like you shouldn't be dropping deep that often just to get a touch. Like I remember one time when back in the uh, Pep Guardiola era or of Barcelona where Dani Alves had that like interview and he said like Leo Messi if he doesn't get on the ball often in the game then he's just he switches off kind of thing like he needs the ball constantly to feel in the game maybe Harry Kane's that kind of player where he just needs it you know a pass here and there try hit a long long diagonal yeah. every now and again just to feel in the game got to feed the beast I don't think yeah. it's ever a good sign that's an ego thing though you think that's an ego? He, no, do you does know what he I feel think better than everybody else? I think then? it's just a lack of instruction from I the think manager. there's there's ego to it for sure I think partially but I also think that he thinks that he has to drop deep to make the team win. So, for example, even, do you know, when you play football yourself, when you play seven-a-side or five-a-side or whatever, have you ever noticed where if your team is struggling, it tends to be that you want to come back to pick up the ball and try and get your team going? Yeah, yeah. So, there's there's a little bit of that, I think, with Harry Kane, where he's not quite trusting Nuno yet as well. It's, it's a new relationship. Yeah. And, he, there's no proven track record. kind of historically, it's what worked for him. Now, you know, 50-50, I would say when he has dropped deep, he has made a, a, a change to the game. And um, he's, had, he's, oh, he's, he's good enough to affect it from anywhere. But when yeah. you need a focal point and you're missing it, like, for example, the way Lukaku, that's why I made that comparison earlier. He's so comfortable already with that Chelsea system. Everyone knows what he wants to do and he knows what he wants to do. Whereas Kane is like, you know, is he dropping deep because he's instructed to do so or is he taking it upon himself to do that? It's an interesting yeah. situation. I think he's definitely taking it upon himself, to be honest. Mm. Because I mean, it's just yeah. every manager he's been under, he does it. So yeah. he, just, he just wants to be a playmaker. Do you know what I mean? Like he wants to be on the ball and... Sometimes the manager has to look and grab him and just say, look, that's not your role. You're uh, neutralizing our attack by being so deep. Definitely. You need someone to hassle the defenders. Definitely. I mean, I'm going to make a prediction and I'm, I think that Kane is going to have his lowest score in Premier League season this year. Yeah, it's a very th- hot take. I, I, very th- no, no, I don't even think it's a hot take. I think it's a very um, reasonable, um, well-calculated um, mm. a prediction, we'll to be honest no, with you. No, that is definitely a hot take. I mean, Spurs were pretty bad yesterday. But at the same time, they played against a really good, you know, Chelsea side, European yeah. champions. I mean, stacked Chelsea you know, side. Let's, with, let's with be probably honest. Probably right now, like the most, I don't know if you can have an informed manager, but like Tom Stuckel can do no wrong at the minute. Like his decisions are half time, the way he's setting up his teams, he's just on it at the minute. So, you know, they were top of the table, I think, at some point already. Like they beat Man City. You know, it's not all doom well, and gloom. It's I'll ask Ali on this one because obviously <laughs> Chelsea have had a great start to the season. 12 goals scored, one conceded. Mirrors Liverpool's exactly. And, you know, it's it's a promising sign for them early on. But 
I've, I've seen some members of Chelsea fans saying that they're winning and of course they're getting the results that they want but they're not actually playing that well lately so do you think that uh, Chelsea might have a dip during the season and you know maybe surprises with some disappointing results Damn. no I don't, I don't think they'll have a dip I think the squad's there I think Tuchel's very motivated to win the but league do you think there's do you think there's any validity to the concerns nah. that they're not playing that well no really? I don't look at it well. I, I agree you, I think yesterday really? if it wasn't I agree because look I'll it took them a watch. set piece and a very lucky deflection to break the deadlock. And yeah, okay, it's Spurs and they were playing deep, but something in that final third is... I'm not saying they're playing bad. I'm just saying they're not playing up to their potential or they're anywhere play, near they're it. They're playing a to top honest. team. They're playing a top... A vast majority are, of these but, um, but big games come to those moments. almost those every moments. single game that they've played, Thomas Tuchel comes out and says, we're still not there yet, we're still not there yet. You've a tight within team wants to improve all the time. Oh, yeah, so exactly. you've got players like Mason Mountain who, look, who are looking a bit fatigued, you know, like... Against uh, Zenit at home, they had to grind out the result. Aston Villa, they were the weak, they were the definitely the worst side in the first half until the second half, where they turned it up and managed to get. That's what I mean. One. They've had like two, three nil wins on the bounce, and th- you feel like there's a bit of discontent there with the performances. There's just a bit of disharmony in the attack. I think they get into the final third and things just keep breaking down. We saw it against um, Aston Villa and against Liverpool, where they kept getting into the final third, and then the final pass was missing. Yesterday, I think I saw a couple chances where. First one, Mason Mount passes it to the back of Lukaku, and then yeah, yeah, Werner yeah. as well. Yeah. It was it was obvious. It was uh, like a clear just, cut goal. There's just something in should, the chemistry, like, but I they think, missed it. I think, but do you think it? I think I get what you mean. It's going to come back and bite them, basically. Or oh, they no, could no. improve. Yeah, these could be teething this issues is early thing. on. Because yeah. because teams who win the league will win matches like this. Will will win matches like you're saying. But, I can give you an example like Man United, like um, back uh, when it was uh, Alex Ferguson's last ma- uh, year in charge. Plenty of uh, matches like that. We we just absolutely like, you know, trotted through. Yeah, but the league is a different animal now. I don't think you can get away with it quite as easily. And it's I like, disagree. I, even I, Liverpool's um, title winning season, there was a few matches. There's a lot of two ones to be fair. Yeah, yeah there's a lot, yeah, a lot of matches true. like uh, you know they just stumble through. Okay, I can see that point, but I, d- I don't think I think it, it might bite them back in the. It could. It could. I don't yeah. think. Well, I think it's a mentality thing. I think I if think we knew whether stronger. it was going to bite them back or not, we'd be probably on higher on higher wages. But I think Thomas Tuchel's. You know he's tech- uh, tactically astute enough to to figure it out, and when you have goal scorers like Lukaku in the team, it's it's probably going to end up sorting itself out. To be honest, no, I agree. All right, so we'll switch our focus next to Serie A, and we'll talk a little bit about Juventus against Milan. You know, usually this uh, this fixture in recent years has been Juventus on top, Milan struggling in a formality that Juventus will win. Right now, Juventus are 18th in the relegation zone. The match was a one-one draw. And uh, that was actually a match to stop Milan from keeping their 100% record. They'd won the first three games of the season. Ali, what was your take on uh, that draw? It was a game of two halves. Um, Juventus dominated the first half, got the early goal, could have had a couple more through Dybala and Murat could have had a second. And then when it came to what the 40th minute, uh, Milan kind of turned it up. And then with the beautiful set piece of the corner of Tonali, Took, uh, Ravid just you know, he just not the ball really. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah. like Ravid, like he surprises me. It's like I look at players and see what do Liverpool need. Liverpool need to play like him. Yeah, that, that, that's why. That's why I look into the what, game to replace Jota. No, to to bring just in to have a good player. Like, like <laughs> oh, if right. no, no, just to bring in and yeah. because what you call it, uh, Afcon. Uh, 
Portugal the African nation that's coming up. Salah's going, uh, Kat is going, Mane is going. I, I love how you've always got your shopping list out watching these. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, this guy would be all right, you know, Klopp. <laughs> you know really no, 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 but, that, but that's what I look at. And I, obviously, I watch Milan, much call it, previously against Liverpool, and he's impressed me in two games. Yeah, and he I mean, Frankfurt. he was impress- impressive last year as well for Milan. How, uh, sorry, Jaff, I know I'm asking this question, but I was going to ask you, <laughs> how, you know, w- what were your guys' thoughts when that, that one-on-one with Morata? Did, did you guys oh, seriously think he was going to finish it? I was like, "This is a, this is a miss, hundred percent every day." I thought it was a miss. I was Until more surprised. To, I was nah, more nah, surprised. Nah. To be fair to Morata, one of the most impressive things he ever did in football was when he started moving his own half. You know that famous goal against Bayern Munich in the Champions yeah. League when he gave it to Quadrado. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, he, that was a really good goal. Yeah. I think Morata is the embodiment of sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> As the famous Milan legend Sometimes good, too, sometimes so, maybe uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like for me, yeah, he's been uh, he's been class since. Ronaldo uh, left, I think. Yeah, he's but been, yeah, there was there was moments there, where he's running. I thought yeah. he's going to fall over. Uh, no, I think he's it was like, a fantastic missed. finish. Uh, oh, he's going finish. towards the right, uh, the wrong direction. But actually, everything worked out. You know, because Leo Hernandez perfect. was proper chasing him down. Oh yeah, yeah. he did the right thing by um, shifting it to his right yeah. and then doing it right in the now, corner. That was an example of top striker play. Oh, 100 percent. I I would have bet he would have missed every yeah. single day. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I thought he did miss or. But oh, it's because like, it was so goal. so cute, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he, it was it was class, but, but yeah. So yeah, let's talk about uh, the Juventus angle a little bit. So one of the things that apparently Allegri was late to the post-match press conference because he had to deal with some like dressing room fighting. Um, Chesney was blaming Rabiot for his lack of marking. Yeah, I on saw the ball. that. And uh, to me, I've been calling Rabiot out for ages. Just saying. So Juventus is a team that they haven't been that impressive for a while. You know, since the sort of. Uh, Conte dynasty and when they had Pogba Vidal and they got to the Champions League final you know they've been on a steady decline one thing that you could give them was they had Cristiano Ronaldo up until the summer so they were always a threat because they had him now are we dealing with a very average Juventus team at the moment Kudem? I mean you're dealing with a Juventus squad that's had their worst start to the season since the 60s or the 50s and you're talking about that issue with Allegri in the dressing room and I think it was a couple of weeks ago where there was that clip that um, Chiellini was talking to uh, Allegri at the start, I think I can't remember what game it was. When you're saying this isn't, isn't a squad, this isn't yeah. a team, or this isn't a squad, or however you translate it, but I mean, it's a team in a transitional period, transitional period that is right at the start of it. Really, they brought in Allegri. They thought they needed someone experienced to come in to help them, you know, steady the sh- steady the ship. But it's it's looking really bad at the minute, and financially they're not doing as well. That's why they're one of the biggest pushes for the for the Super League. And you know, to compound that, the league around them is improving as well. Whereas Definitely. before they could get away with it, but now AC Milan's on there like uh, Renaissance and Inter Milan win the league. Napoli have always been a threat. Roma have got... Lazio. Um, Lazio have always been good. Atalanta, top managers. And then you have Mourinho coming into Roma and they're looking good despite losing on the weekend. So Sorry, Lazio. It could be the end of their... Exactly, yeah. Sorry, Lazio. And they could be at the end of their dynasty, to be honest. And I, I mean, as a neutral, I'm glad to see it. I, th- I don't think they'll be this bad for a while, though. I think their core youth players are really good. You know, you've got Delict in there, Chiesa, Morata still, uh, you know, got a few years left in them. They brought in Locatelli. You know, they'll, they'll be all right. But Do you think it's they'll... just going to be a while for them to... They have to get used to the fact that they're yeah. not the top dogs anymore. Do you think they'll challenge for the title, David? Or do you think it's a, a Champions League race for them? No, I think a Champions League. Personally, for me, I feel like the other teams want it way more. That's my personal opinion. Mm. Do, you, do you really feel... Looking at that that uh, that lineup, looking at the bench, looking at 
the, the the things that have come out and their their work rate, let's say, for example, right? I don't, I don't see a winning team. I don't see a, a league winning team. I see other uh, teams that want it a lot m- more than they do, personally, in my opinion. Yeah, and their squad is just not that good anymore. It's like, do you remember in 2015? I feel like it's still really good. It's it a is, really good it's, squad. It's, I think there's better squads in, in uh, Italy right now. And do you remember in 2015, the Barcelona-Juventus uh, Champions League final? That's what I scored, yeah. I remember well, that. Well, yeah, I think. And, uh, you know, if you, if, so, if you told someone back then that these two teams in six years' time Oh goodness would, me! I didn't would even be, think about that. Would be struggling to even like look like title contenders in their respective leagues. You'd be really surprised, but it just shows you how quick mismanagement. How like <laughs> another how parallel it, is that they both lost Messi and Ronaldo in the summer as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the time to Juventus and Boss. Ronaldo uh, obviously carried them. But look at they, their squad. They carried them. Ramsey, I, I, think, I think the, the difference would be is uh, Dybala becomes their superstar. You know, oh, like actually, the guy you wanted to be. But Dybala is twenty-eight now, and he's. Still talked about like he's a hot. Yeah, he's talked about like he's Jesse Lingard. Let's be honest. Yeah, him, you know, him that's and Lingard. A good, that's a good comparison. Petrilli, but uh, Dybala is, is a lot better. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying that's what he yeah. talked about. I mean, he was he was great yesterday. Yeah. But looking at the squad now, like they've just made some boneheaded recruitment, man. Not in the same mold as Barcelona. With, like who? With the money spent. But uh, Rabio, Ra- okay, fair Ramsey, enough. Rabio, uh, Bentancourt, um, Bernadeschi, Artur. Just absolute average players. Even man. even the past three transfers again, which was pretty bad. Even though they made money on them, it's like why the heck did you get them in the first place? It's just a lack of direction in there. Do you mean like they're not like proper superstars? They instead you know those free transfer bouts that they had where they got loads of superstars. It's just not or, a team that is going to dominate the league the way they did. Under I Trump personally yet. thought Juventus looked at those players either um, captured them by getting them more free, so basically allure them with better wages. Or seeing players that weren't working in those systems and thinking, actually, you know what? We could make a superstar out of you. No, but that, that's what that my personal opinion was. doesn't make any sense, was. right? I'll tell you, because they've been changing managers every other season. Yeah. So how are you going to bring in players that don't work in a system when you're not even well, keeping look at a Chelsea. system for... Look at Chelsea. Chelsea somehow... Chelsea's an anomaly. Though. Uh, uh, Chelsea is an anomaly. Chelsea I still got don't know how that, that works. <laughs> they got money. <laughs> like, it's not bro, about money. It's not bro, about money. I genuinely think there's someone in the background in Chelsea that literally... Works on getting their squad just absolutely you know the best is? as they che- can. We mean Chelsea as being like, you know, they're always climbing that ladder of chaos, right? But their scouting department is, uh, well, their, you know, their academy and stuff. Like, how many players do they have out on loan? How many players in, in England right now? Yeah, man, the they're Chelsea pimping, academy? man. So they're always cashing in on that. And yeah. like, they're, they're actually not as chaotic as it seems. And then you've got their, I don't know if she's, is she technically director of football or a CEO or whatever, like Marina... Abramovich or whatever her name is she's the one who does the transfers I she think. does the transfers head of negotiation and she's yeah. always there so the team's oh, transfer targets are always aligned in a specific way and they bring in managers that suit the players at the club so plus when you have world class players all the time it's not really that yeah, I mean I think your, your point about Juventus always changing manager I wonder if they're sort of like going back to Allegri to sort of press the restart button a little bit and getting rid of Ronaldo's like you know oh we've, we've got rid of like pretty much the most world class player we could ever have so are we gonna? Maybe they're gonna do some changes to their recruitment policy in the summers to come. And I mean, I would imagine they freed a up a lot of wages now, and once the fans are back in the stadium, they'll be all right. They'll why be, they'll did, be why did they like we leave in the first place? Do you know why? Or was it just a burnout? I think he it was, might have been uh, a burnout. Yeah, it's yeah. not like he was. I know because I was I just think he walked away. Although yeah. the fans weren't unhappy with the tactics, I remember at the time like they, they, there was a lot of criticism. They were happy. I'll tell you why they were they? chasing the yeah. Champions League, and they didn't look like they were because back then they were like the the league was a formality, and they were still chasing the Champions League. And uh, Allegri didn't look any close to getting it. 
But then, you know, I think careful you, what you wish Yeah, for, I, I genuinely think Juventus are pressing the reset button because they tried something different with Sarri. didn't work out. They had Ronaldo. didn't really work out because they were always going to win the league. didn't come any closer to the Champions League. And Man, uh, I, they're probably prepared I to suffer. I hope Sarri proves it's, them wrong. It, last, it's quite season. crazy how we talk about Ronaldo like a manager when we forgot we had Pirlo for one year as well. And what yeah. you call it, his first year of coaching. Well, the Pirlo one was a bit of a joke because yeah, he yeah, came in as the, the 23s manager and then got promoted to the senior position because of... Uh, and looked lost. It, yeah. And to be honest though, I hope Sarri proves, him, proves the Juventus board wrong in Lazio because I feel like if they stuck with him a bit longer... He would have been the one to bring them forward. I mean, the team that they had at the time was not suited to any kind of modern high-press football and it still kind of isn't. Yeah. They're making the right moves now with Locatelli and Chiesa finally and uh, they'll, they'll be all right. But I feel like if they stuck with Sarri and made these transfers now, it would be a much more exciting I, I let's, uh, uh, sorry. sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, let's talk about AC Milan for a second, Ali. So, for, uh, you know, with this one, I said they'd won the first three matches. This is a draw and a draw away to Juventus isn't exactly something to, to feel too upset about. Um, are they set for a title challenge, do you think? Bearing in mind that they were missing Zlatan and Giroud and Calabria in this game as well, so they had their own injury issues. They'll be challenging for the title, but will they win it? Not another answer. Who's your favourite in Serie for the title? It's, uh, with how Inter Milan are going, it looks like it's Inter. Yeah, even, even though they lost Conte and Lukaku. But they're still looking really they, good. They look really good. Yeah. You know, they're there. It looks like they're just winning games. That's what matters right now. It's about grand results. We talked yeah. about that about Chelsea I before. I think them getting Simone and Zaghi in was very inspired, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. And did anyone see Jekyll's goal? Goals. Oh, yeah, from the side. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Mate. My guy. He's still got it. Class goals in Serie A. If anyone saw the uh, Roma... Um, so happy it's back Hellas with BT Sports. Yeah, man. Did anyone see the Hellas Verona winner? Yeah, as well. oh, I watched mate. that live. It was absolutely insane. Really, by Ferran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah man. Some and uh, some cl- class goals over the weekend as well. Shout out to Haaland's uh, audacious lob as well. Just yeah, for sure. All right, so we'll we'll get into our final segment, lads, and uh, stepping away from the matches. I want to get your football pet peeves. What are the most petty things that you can think of? What, how minor they may be that you just can't stand around football. It could be something in the matches. It could be something in social media. It could be a referee. It could be a commentator. I'll start with you, Kodema. What are your football pet peeves? I've got two main ones. Number one, the difficulty in actually watching football, or should I say the price in watching football. Oh, it, yeah. Like you have to have every streaming service. There's one that comes out every week, man. You have to have Sky Sports, BT Sport, Premier Sport, La Liga TV, Serie like too much, man. Just give me it all in one Netflix style package, man. Like I want to go in there, $7.99 a month, whatever. Preach. And uh, just Bruh. watch, uh, flick between the games in HD. That's it. And 4K. Second, what are you saying, HD? 4K. We're not, we're not in yeah. 2006. Amazon Prime, man. They didn't even mention Prime. They're the only ones that show you the games in 4K and, and whatnot. Do you know what I mean? Like, nah, that's eight um, quid a year. UHD and Sky Sports. But yeah, you have to pay extra. You have to pay extra. 50. <laughs> second of all, I'm just tired of Newcastle being shit, man. That's my pet peeve in football. Well, you get two. Well, we're allowed two. I'll is that a pet peeve? Or is that just, I hate who I support? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just tired of it, man. I want to I wanna, I wanna be good. I don't want to be shit. That's it. Like, I don't even want to talk about players, managers. I just, I don't oh, want to be man. shit. <laughs> I think that's more of a, like, a counselling therapy session for Kodama rather than a pet peeve. What one session? <laughs> uh, please donate to our Patreon. All right, okay, you want a pet peeve in football? <laughs> a second one, if that one doesn't count. The way Steve Bruce interviews. Oh, 100%. The, <laughs> the guy oh, cuts man. off interviewers left and right, man. Like, they can't even finish the sentence. And he, and he just... No. All right, let's just leave it there because I'm getting vexed. I'm getting vexed. Let's just yeah. what, oh, what, you, what, what do you think... Uh, uh, which fans are more pissed off? Watching uh, Newcastle fans watching C. Bruce or Man City fo- uh, fans watching Pep Guardiola? 
Do you know what I mean? I'm, I, I feel like Pep never answers questions that, properly. That beef is hilarious, but by the way. With no, Pep, no, forget with the beef. Pep, I have to be honest. I'll always give him that it's not his uh, native language. Like, he's, really? he's eccentric, right? He's really of course eccentric. He's eccentric. But I think that there's no excuse for Bruce of being course. such a strange communicator. There really isn't. Like, you're, and also, what Bruce does, because it's his native language, he loves to answer questions with cliches like, oh, we have to dust ourselves down. What does that even mean? Yeah. yeah. W- when you dust yourselves down, oh, have you thought about how you're going to beat that team next week? No, you're just saying that to say it. Yeah. Like, he, he's a terrible, terrible Sorry, communicator. Man. And I, I would say that frustrating to listen to Steve Bruce more than it is to have Guardiola, even also, though Guardiola has his own brand of very the, the dichotomy of going from uh, Rafa Benitez post-match interviews to oh. Steve Bruce, where he used to get like actual analysis on the game straight away, what went wrong, what we should do better. And then compared to these absolutely nothing statements, man, like he just absolutely yeah, exactly. boggles yeah, but the downgraded, mind. man. He went from Newcastle, like everything has a big downgrade. Man, let's not even go there, but the, we downgraded, man. That's all I care about. Well, I'll give you my pet peeves. Number one is football compilations where they spend like, I don't know, it's like, oh, Ronaldo highlights, Ronaldinho highlights. But the first three minutes are just like celebrations. Mate, get to the action already. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see Ronaldinho hugging teammates for two minutes in your video. Yeah, I love your high yeah. some, so, some of them are like, because they're building up those EDM, is it EDM style music? Yeah. yeah. Or like uh, hype music. And it's the build up, build up. Yeah. And then they're showing the people hugging. Yeah. And then uh, the B hits. And yeah. then it fucking goes, goes, goes. I'm telling you, man. Like, there's no need for that. Just show me uh, the action. I know I can skip ahead in the video. But that's just wasting my time watching that. The I other one. It's another thing with compilations, but this time I'm, I'm targeting the official broadcasters like when you wait for release like a documentary about Kaka's best Champions League goals and they don't show you a single one in the original footage, like the original angle. It always has to be some weird close-up from the side, from a reverse angle. Yeah. I don't know what that goal looks like. Yeah. Show me the original angle I, and the original I, I, replays. I know what you mean. I don't know why they, do, why they do that. Like, bro, they are the official like holder of those rights to that footage. Exactly. So don't show it in a convoluted way. I want you to send me a commemorative t-shirt for having watched that. Yeah. And start, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just, it, it's terrible, man. Yeah, that, that second one. You wait for FIFA.com, all of you, get your act together and show the goals in their normal broadcast angle, please. You've got the actual footage. And Sky Sports, come on, come on, give us more highlights than just the, literally the goal and that's it. Oh, at least BT, they give you a little bit more de- in depth of like what the game was yeah. feeling like. No, if shout you, out Serie A, man. They do the best YouTube. They, they, they do, honest, they do. If you missed the Premier League match and you watch the Sky uh, Sky Sports highlights of that match, you've still missed it. You haven't seen anything. You haven't seen anything. <laughs> that's it. You've just literally seen the goal and that's it. Uh, Sky Sports banner already. Uh, back to Kodema's uh, point, football is so expensive to watch live. So at least give me a good way to watch it, not live. You I know? think, yeah, they do that first of all to make you want to get the actual Sky Sports package. And second of all, I wonder if they're throwing Match of the Day a solid, man. Because if they showed you the full highlights, why would anyone tune into Match of the Day anymore? It's not for the in-depth analysis of uh, Danny Murphy, I'll tell you that. Or yeah, Jane that's Jesus, a good point. Go on then, Ali. What's your pet peeve, Ali? Goal celebrations. Ooh. So when... No, no, no. I just don't like when they get booked. You know, Oh, booking for the goal uh, yeah. celebrations, yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm like, look, let me enjoy the moment. What happens if something happens in the next? Is this day? because Mo Salah took off no, his no, top no, no, in no, that no, no, in no, that no, recent no. match? No, no, I was no, I was thinking about. It. I didn't even think of that. If I'm honest with you, because oh, no, he got booked for that. No, um, what made me think about was a couple of seasons ago with Raheem Sterling. Uh, he was he was already booked and he celebrated and there was talks about him getting booked again, but it didn't happen. Yeah, so yeah. it's just it's just. It's just weird booking booking someone for taking a top off. And there's no like there's no like, justification there's emotion behind, behind it, it, right? Yeah, there like, was there was some justification. If they're jumping in the crowd and they're endangering something, like I could sort of understand getting booked for jumping into the crowd. But taking your top off and celebrating on another pitch, where where's the yellow card offence? The but, unofficial like reasoning behind it is that 
when you score, that's when the cameras are zoomed in on you the most. And that if you take your top off, the sponsors are losing like precious airtime on like on that's the time. worst reasoning i've ever oh, heard right. that's i didn't hear that but that's a good point i've heard like, worse things in terms of commercialism uh, to be fair Ronaldo's had 20 yellow cards by now this yeah, season i thought it was more to do with the nudity aspect of it nudity yeah i thought it was that i don't think in this day i didn't age, think that it, a man with his top off is going to cause much controversy well, in the household it already is man free the nip yeah you don't know anything <laughs> about it i'm telling you now free the nip. it'd be interesting to find something that backs up at a point though because i wouldn't have considered that that's what i heard once so I don't think it's related to that mm. what Fair about enough. you Dowd what's your pet peeve in football uh, I had two but I, I, I wasn't going to say both of them I was going to just briefly discuss them one was uh, there's no consistency with the handball rule and that really pisses me off um, you know uh, taking into consideration uh, I, I perf- personally thought the, the silhouette rule was the best rule Um and now, obviously, there's more rules with like, um, in terms of how close the fo- the football was, the person, and if it was outside the silhouette, if it was in an unnatural position, which changes it up a little bit. If there was not enough time for the person to react, if there was a unfair advantage to uh, the attacker, if there was a, a, a the ball bounced off the knee and hit the hand, there's so many variations that keep changing every year. That I just I'm just sick of it. I feel like yeah. I feel like the silhouette one was the best one. If the hand was outside the silhouette, no matter if there's an advantage or disadvantage, if um, the person meant in terms of um, protecting his face because the silhouette um, would take into consideration protecting your face. Yeah, but isn't it would be it wouldn't be a handball at all. Personally, I didn't get that one because isn't your silhouette your entire limbs yeah, and everything included. it is it is so, so isn't your arm out all the way still pop no 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 yeah yeah okay let's say if you cut off your arms yeah let's say if you cut off your arms up to about your shoulders that's your silhouette in black right okay no but so then that doesn't I'd make say any black, sense like shadow shadowed black right <laughs> no no but um, that doesn't make any sense no no, no. so if your if your hand what if, the your, fuck is going on? if your hand is in front of your body right and it smacks off your hand it's in your silhouette you're fine it makes sense does it not make sense? Because if your hand wasn't there in the first place, it would it would have hit your body in the first place. I agree with your general point, though. The handball rule is definitely a pet peeve because every year they change it. Something stupid happens. New rule, new stipulation, the, the new Italian, interpretation. The Italian one was the most the Italian pointless the one. one. It was absolutely the worst. The this year, I can give you an example of the Luke Shaw one. The Luke Shaw one looked like it Against skimmed... The, West Ham. West Ham. It, oh, it, it skimmed across his... Um, his uh, what you call it? His uh, quads. Did it? Yeah, well, it looked like it skimmed. It, it, it looked like it skimmed. It, it looked like it skimmed through. Dan, why got dirty? But then the other right thing now? is, the other thing is, right, wait, 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 okay. There's two aspects to it. Okay, the other aspect is, is imagine you know when you're when you're uh, stretching out to get to the ball and you're you're trying to balance yourself. That hand where he he was putting it, it was a natural position to balance himself. Yeah. What about the second one? Or was that? Oh, the second one was basically, uh, you know, this um, this hard fast rule of. If your um, foot is over the ball while tackling, it's a red card automatically. Uh, I I feel like there's a, been plenty of instances where you know when your ball rolls over the, on top of the ball, and that become that you know you stood. Are you start talking to about show. Like the Harvey Elliott thing? The, the uh, no, that I felt like was a bit more. That so was which, a red card. Uh, I'm struggling to picture. There, what there's you mean. been a few ones. Um, I give Aaron Wambasaka for example. That one is that was a red card all day, bro. It's a red card. It's a red card. Don't get me wrong. But it's a bit more of a better uh, um, opportunity to show what I'm trying to say. 
is when you go in for the tackle, yeah, your bo- your foot rolls over the ball and then obviously will hit the player. But that's natural. You can't stop bullshit. that. I feel like I feel like nah. no, it's not bullshit. We've nah. all done it. We've all I'm, done it. Nah. What? I mean, when I, you go for a tackle and your bo- your foot rolls over the ball and then you I, stamp I on the person. Saying, but if you're like already that high, like in order to f- have your foot roll over the ball, it needs to be quite high up. Off it was the just clumsy, anyway. man. That's it. Half the ball. Okay, let's say if it's half the ball's length and you put your foot out. Right. It's not going to roll over it from half the I'm, ball. You need to like yeah, be skimming, oh yeah, you need to be skimming the top of the ball. Of course it can roll over. If it's a wet, if it's wet conditions, of course We've got it can. Got here from AFTV. Course, let's say <laughs> wet conditions. Let's f- say for example. Let's say for example, if you try to um, stop the ball with the, your studs and you slip and then you absolutely um, stud the player's foot, for example, or his calf. That's happened before. I've seen it. I mean, that I'll, was give a red you, card. I'll give you uh, props for having the most uh, specific pet peeve, I think. Like. I like how right. both pet peeves Shirt sponsors as well. Pisses me off. Shirt yeah. sponsors? Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, but specific types, because... Yeah. No, yeah. not the shirt sponsors. The inability to purchase a top without sponsors. Oh, that's that's a big pet peeve. Because yeah, that's a yeah. very specific situation. I know but that, I understand the nice, commercialism uh, behind it, though. Top. No, but yeah. uh, there's more justification why that's the reason why. You know what else is a pet peeve? Just post-match interviews. Nothing of importance is ever said in 99% of interviews that's were great today three points we'll move on next I know man <laughs> there's a few there's a few players that did come out and, and then... do you not think it's a penalty yeah which one's this anyone oh, <laughs> okay you know what? that's a big pet peeve of mine you know is when the opposition managers literally like um, I don't think it was a penalty if it was because of this uh, you should have gave us a pen three instances I don't know. ago wait and then he goes well, I haven't watched it though yeah, yeah. I'll have to watch it again and I'll have to make a yeah, debate. Tell you right. yeah, famous, when, I, I missed the incident. You missed yeah. the incident? Yeah, when the camera pans them and they're actually watching it in the into replay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I remember Arsenal awesome used to do that a lot, you know. You know these days where they've got the iPads lies, and they're watching everything back straight away. Managers will go to extreme lengths it, to protect their lives. You could do this in box uh, seats ages ago, man. Uh, when I went to, uh, was it, Man United in Newcastle? Straight away, goal happens. First thing you do is look back and you see the replay in the, in the TV. Did you go to Old Trafford? No, it's St. James. Alright, let's get like that in there. That pet peeve question is just everyone's airing their grievances. Yeah, we're going to keep ranting you've away. Triggered all of us here, man. Uh, I think uh, we're going to have to end it so Kudama can go to his uh, therapy counselling session for one thing. Newcastle get two, to be good. Two, uh, two for one, uh, Kudama. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll charge you forty quid an hour. I don't think a therapist on earth could uh, exercise these demons inside me that I harbour about Newcastle. Your therapist tonight. will probably be like Steve Bruce and interrupt you before you finish. My therapist is going <laughs> to need a therapist. Let's be honest. Damn. We'll end it there, lads. Thanks for today. Cheers. Thanks, Thank guys. Adios. Okay. Bye-bye. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok by searching the handle 343football. That's F-U-T-B-O-L. And on Instagram by searching 343footballpodcast. You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher, and all other major podcast networks. <laughs>